Let's pray. God, I thank you uh, that you've brought us here. I thank you for this time. I thank you for this place. I thank you that you know us and you love us. I thank you that you're always with us. Help us always to focus on you. Help me today to not be Matt sharing, but to be the words of you, Lord. Guide me and be with me in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. M. So from Psalm 139. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous, how well I know it. You watched me when I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. O oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. O oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Isn't God's word amazing? Man, you lead me, you know me, you see me, you see each of us. Isn't that, like we've said that in, in such reverence today because this is just amazing. But I wonder if right now you're just thankful for that. You're just thankful that God's got your back, yeah? Like Judy preached last week, God has got us. Like even when we're feeling like we're, we're pushed down and there's trials and there's tribulation in our life, God has got us. And that word just fills me with hope. Because when I know my life has is, is been pushed down and, and chaos is everywhere, that God will be with us. He is always with us. His word says it. It says he knew us before we were even created. It said... He knows us, he knows our days. 
He said his blessings are more than the sand on the ocean floor. He's with us. You know, there's going to be a lot of scripture again today, but the thing I love about scripture is that it points us and it redirects us and it shapes us. I'm guilty. I'm a guilty man of not spending enough time in his word. And when I prepare for things like this, God's awesomeness is just reminded to me. I'm, I'm thankful for his word. I'm thankful for his promises. And I'm going to share a bit later about what happens when we forget those things. What happens when we try and have control over this chaotic world that we live in. And I, I don't want this to be a somber word, but I do want it to be a somber word. I want it to also be a celebration word. A celebration word because God's got our back. No matter what we do, God has got us. We don't see it often, but if you've got that one friend, that one colleague, the partner, your rock, the person who's always got your back, have you got that in your life? Can you, can you resonate with that? That one person who's going to go into battle for you no matter what? We've got the Son of God. When Damien was playing gridiron and he put his head down over the ball, he knew his mates had his back. He was going into battle and he knew a man of his size, a man of his size, a man of his size needed mates beside him because he couldn't do it by his own. But what that proves to me is that this God of ours, this Jesus, has always got our back. Because we can be the most put together, well-standing, good-standing man. We can be a man that sits on the board, a man that has a microphone in his hand, a woman who serves Jesus, a woman who works in a high status or a woman who stays home and tends for her kids. We are all the same. God's, God's got our back. He's not concerned with the way of this world. In 1 Kings 19, it talks about Elijah. Elijah the prophet. And I just want to share some words around that, if I can. Now, 1 Kings 19. I've got my clicker. I'm organised today. If I get there. Where is it going? It's not working. It was on. It was working before. Damien, look at that. Oh, what's that? What's bouncing back at me? Anyway. First Kings 19. See? Anyway, someone look at that for me. There we go. Was it the touch? It was the touch. First Kings 19. So Elijah was running. He was exhausted. He was sustained only by what God was providing. And he'd got to the end. He was done. Let's look at it. He went on alone into the wilderness, travelling all day, and he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. <laughs> How many of us have got to that point? I have had enough, Lord, he said. 
take my life. (laughs) I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. And this is my note here. And nights. Whoa, there we go. 40 days and 40 nights. So he was on a journey, only sustained by what God was providing. He was, you imagine, you open your journey with a statement that says, God, I'm done. Take my life. And then, he, then God sends you out for 40 days and 40 nights to just wander in your thoughts, to wander and to be consumed by those thoughts God I want to die yeah that's good but go and walk for 40 days by yourself in isolation I'll look after you I'll provide for you but man the thoughts that consume my mind then in verse 11 it says go out and stand before me on the mountain the Lord told him Now you remember he's been wrestling, he's crying out in desperation, he's, you can imagine his journey and the Lord says to him, go out and stand on the mountain and as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose but the Lord was not in the wind And the wind, after the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in a cloak and went to the entrance of the cave. There was the sound of a gentle whisper. We hope often that amidst the chaos that God will come to us. That God will come and he will be louder than what surrounds us. When we're surrounded by this turmoil in our mind, when our our minds are so full of confusion, we just say, God, give me a sign that's louder than what I'm feeling. God, shout into my very existence. But he wasn't in the earthquake or the fire or the winds or the noise. He came in a gentle whisper. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if you ever tried to hear a whisper in a crowded place, a place where there's lots of noise and chaos, it's almost impossible. The way we hear the whisper is when we still ourselves before him. When we ask God to help us and we still ourselves before him, that's when we hear the whisper. We just don't stop. We don't, we don't stop. When we're in the chaos, our minds are just running so fast that we don't stop. We don't just shut up and be still. We don't take the time to listen, to set down our own control and our own agenda. We don't, don't stop. We don't be still. God, I'll come to you when? I'll come to you when I've got control of my situation. God, I'll come to you when I've finished this particular phase of my life. God, I'll come to you when I give that thing up. God, I'll come to you when. 
and it never comes. And it never comes. We now have this light shining. Oh, where's it go? Did I go one? I missed one on my thing. Anyway, I don't even have where it's from. But the scripture says, and Judy shared it last week, we now have this light shining in our hearts. We've got God in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. (laughs) Fragile clay jars. They're not strong, robust containers, steel and strong and made for resilience. It's a soft, fragile clay jar. God comes to us as our weakest. He comes to us when we're weak. You drop me, I'm weak. I might just break. But our word says here that this power is from God, not ourselves. And when we are pressed in on every side by troubles, when we feel weak and broken, we are not crushed. In the middle of this chaos, this fragile clay jar is not crushed. We might be perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We might get knocked down, our fragile clay jar, but we are not destroyed because we've got God in us. We've got God in our hearts. 1 Peter 4, verse 12 to 13 says, Friends, when life gets really difficult, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Life gets really difficult. When life gets really difficult, don't think that God isn't with you. Instead, be glad that you're in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. When life gets really difficult, don't think God isn't there. Our mind, our thoughts can trick us. They can consume us. That's why there's so many scriptures about protecting our mind because our mind, the enemy can come into our mind and deceive us and trick us into thinking things that aren't real. We can be consumed by thoughts and worry and fear. And we can slip into the hypothetical. (laughs) I was listening to some teaching this week and and the guy was sharing about hypothetical and I broke it down a little bit and I want to share with you this thought. The actual meaning of hypothetical in the dictionary says exaggerated or excessive. So if we're having hypothetical thoughts, we're having exaggerated thoughts. An exaggerated thought is something that is based on possible ideas or situations rather than actual ones. So a hypothetical is something that's based on a possible idea. It might happen, but it's not an actual one. I get stuck in this all the time. Happened to me last week, in fact. Because if you know what's going on inside my head right now, 
inside my life right now? Remember when I preached that message, and you will remember, because it was the one where I talked about, inshallah, God's will be done. And I talked about getting a position, getting a promotion. I accepted my redundancy a few weeks ago. So after 20 years serving the community in my job, only job I've ever had, it's this redundancy sits on my, on my desk, so to speak. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? I believe it's a reset and God's in it. Of course I do. But what about the hypotheticals? Last week, we just got home from Europe. You know what happened in Europe? I missed my plane. You all know that. <laughs> you know how much it cost me to get another plane? More than what I paid for all of us to get there. Return. So more than the total amount of money that I spent on air flares in the first place, I had to pay to get an emergency trip home. So we went to Europe knowing that I'd lost my job. But I didn't want to ever rob my kids of that. I wanted them to see that that God is faithful. Right? That God's got my back. We could have easily said, no, we're stuffed. We're gone. We're done. And Grace said to me when we were going through all our trials, she said, Dad, you got a sermon out of this. And I said, yes, I do. I've got more than one sermon, let me tell you. So let's flip it back to this. Hypotheticals. Last week, we changed our language in our house for some reason when we got back from Europe. Oh, we have to be tight now. We're broke now. We spent too much money now. What are we going to do? What was me? I spent too much money. Holiday was rubbish. We had all these things go wrong. Da-da-da-da-da. Oh, I've got people at work going for interviews here, interviews there, interviews here, interviews there. I'm sitting going, maybe I need a job. But my plan always was not to work yet. After 20 years in the job, I need a break. But all the outside noise. Hey, I wonder if you can relate to this. Don't make this a story about Matt. But try and remember as, as I was talking about times in your life when this has happened. What if, Lord? What if I can't pay the bills, Lord? What if he or she leaves me, Lord? What if something happens to my kids, Lord? What if we can't afford that, Lord? Be with me, Lord. We aren't ready for this, Lord. What if I can't give that up, Lord? What if this happens, Lord? We live in this shoulda, coulda, woulda in our head. Well, I should have done that. If, if only I'd done that, God would be with me. If only I hadn't have done that. If only I'd make the plane, I wouldn't have spent the money. Like, but I made a decision that day and God was crazy good. Hypothetical. The what-ifs are based on situations that aren't actual. They're not actual. They're just what-ifs. Because 
God in that moment allowed me to be still, which was a miracle because my head was spinning. He allowed me to be still and to reflect on the historical. He, he put people in front of me that reminded me that I'm loved, that I've made it through, that he's with me. I get a message from Pastor Ben in, in New Zealand just encouraging me that it's going to be okay. Hey, I was thinking about you and you're going to be all right. He didn't know where my head was at, but God had placed me in people's thoughts. God had put me, it, it proved to me that God had my back. It proved to me. You know those times when it's just like, how did he know to message me then? How did she know to say that to me? God's got our back. But God wants us to remember the historical, yeah? How many times has he got us through? Judy's got you through. Damien, he's got you through. Desi's got you through. Danny's got you through. I could go around this whole room. He's got you through. Getting me through means that I'm on a journey. It doesn't mean that it's going to change straight away. But if I can remember the historical, if you can remember the historical rather than the hypothetical, because the difference between the historical is actual facts. It's actual happened. I was worried about money. We survived on one Salvation Army income. It's not much. While Jackie did study. Now Jackie's working full time in nursing. We got more money than I had back then. But my mind, my mind was saying that I didn't have enough. But then God reminded me that he's provided for me again and again and again and again and again. Remember what he's done. When life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. He's on the job, friends. He is on the job. He is with us, always. I've got so many things on my thing. Oh, there we go. I'm yeah, I want Philippians right now. There we go. Thank you for my family to telling me how I'm going, but it's good. I don't even know what is going on. I do. <laughs> Encouragement from my teenager. <laughs> Philippians 4 says, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. I did want this one because this is where when we're in that hypothetical state, we're in that state of chaos and when everything feels like we should be asking what if, what does the scripture say? And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let that be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is true worship here. What does the world do? Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 
then you will learn to know what God's will for you is. It's a good and pleasing and perfect will. Don't get stuck in the behaviour of this world that stresses out over everything. Stress is normal. I'm going to address that in a minute. But be challenged to change the way you think. No longer live in the hypothetical, but flip it to remember the historical. I'm going to go back to here. I'd say you do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true. Noble, reputable, authentic, not hypothetical, compelling, gracious, to think about the things that are the best, not the worst. To think about the things that are beautiful, not the ugly. The things that you can praise, not the things that you can curse. So easy in our life to get in situations where we just go, woe is me. God, where are you? But we need to praise him. We need to remember, thank you, God. That back in 1994, you did this. Thank you, God, that in last week you did this. Not cursing stuff, but put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work in you. <laughs> Stress. I didn't want to preach this word and condemn stress because God created us. He created us to have stress, to have worry. Just hear me for a sec. I want to reflect on this. It's a journey, it's a process, renewing our thoughts and behaviour. And I want to reflect on Jesus. Because when I think about Jesus, who is the Son of God, a human, a man, like me, a human, like everyone else, is not a man. God, but man. A man who got angry. A man who hurt. A man who worried. A man who stressed. A man who sat with friends and talked about his troubles, talked about his life. A man who walked and journeyed. A man who had compassion, who had hope. Jesus, who cried, who questioned, who stressed. Jesus, the Son of God. So when I talk about this life of not stressing... I don't want it to be one that condemns us for having anxieties and stress because even Jesus did that. But what it is, it's about how we take control of those thoughts, about what justifies those thoughts. James 1 says, if you don't know what you're doing, if you're in the middle of this mess and you have no idea what's going on, pray to the Father and he loves to help. You'll get his help and you won't be condescended to when you ask for it. You won't be thought any less of when you ask for help. There won't be any shame when you ask for help. 
Just be still in the middle of the chaos and ask for help. The ability to, when the boat is sinking, when the fire consumes us, when our whole world feels like chaos and ruin, the ability to stop and say to God, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) I'd be a mess without you. I'm just needing you to comfort, comfort me. I'm needing you to have your place. I'm needing you to place your hand on my head, like it says in the Psalms. Dad, Daddy, Father God, I'm needing you to tell me it's going to be okay. Stay close to Him, listen to His whisper. Be close enough to him. Be intimate enough with him. Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit. Be so intimate with him that you can hear his whisper. Be so close to him that when he takes, he can take my hand and he can guide me. This speaks about a proximity that we allow him to be in. That in the middle of our stress and our confusion, we allow him to be dad. Be so close that he takes my hand and guides me so close that I can rest in his arms. Saying about it this morning. Don't get so busy that he can't even catch you. It's not a hi dad, bye dad, love your dad kind of thing. Be intentional. Get close. Be intentional. And get close. Talk to him. Learn from him. Read the things he says about you. Em, can you come play, please? Read the things he says about you and says of you. This is from the message translation. God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back. I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say. Before I start the first sentence, I look behind me and you're there. You're up ahead and you're there too. Your reassurance presence coming and going. This is too much, I can't even take it in. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit? To be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'll find me in a minute. Because you're already there waiting. Then I said to myself, he even sees me in the dark. 
At night, I'm immersed in light. In fact, darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. Oh yes, you shaped me first inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. You watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life prepared before I'd even lived one day. The days of my life were all prepared before I'd even lived one day. You got my back. Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful. God, I can't even comprehend how much you think of me. I couldn't even begin to count them any more than I could try and count the sand of the sea. Oh, you let me rise in the morning and live with you. And please, God, do away with wickedness for good. And you murderers out of here, all the men and women who belittle you, God. See how I hate those who hate you, God. Your enemies are my enemies. Investigate my life, oh God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Search me, O God, and know my heart. You know my anxious thoughts. I don't know what we're doing now. But God wants to know you. You know, this word is for me as much as it is about you. And I don't want any of us to get to the point where Stress overwhelms us so much that we're forced into thinking this way. I want us to go into this world prepared, understanding what God has for us, understanding that God is always behind us. He's always gone before us. He knows the very hairs on our heads. He knew us before we were created and before we were born. Why don't you just take a moment right now to reflect on that. To reflect on his goodness. Because yes, this is a somber word, but this is a word of adoration and praise. Because it says that God knows me. God, the creator of all the world. God, the one that puts sand on the bottom of the ocean. 
who put mountains in the skies. God created me. He created you. Just for a minute, comprehend that for a second. The God who made the highest mountain, the God that made every creature that runs on this earth, the God who is so creative and wonderful, He made you. He made you. And His promises say that He knew you before you were born. He knew who your mother and father were going to be. He knew the journey that you would take. He knew the times that it would hit the fan and everything would go wrong. He knew that. He knew when our minds would be filled with anxious thoughts. He knew when the world would consume us. He knew when we'd forget about Him and we'd try and do it in our own strength. He knew that. But yet He sent His Son to die for us. He sent a man to hang on a cross for us so that we would have new life. So that no longer the thoughts that consume us would control us. His word says that we should put those thoughts into Him. I'm going to give us a minute to just contemplate that. Do what you need to do. If this is a quiet, reflective, pondering moment, then let it be. If this is a moment when you want to stand to your feet and begin to sing songs and begin to say words, then let it be. The God who loves you and created you wants you to know that you can control your mind, that He's got your back. Let's reflect for a moment.
So I won't fear what evil brings. anxious heart to rest. God, we thank you that your word says that you know every day of my life. Your word says that you can come and bring peace to situations that feel like they're out of control that we can lay every anxiety and every fear and every worry at your feet. This word is for us, church. If we can comprehend this thought, if we can take this scripture and embed it in our hearts, spirit I just pray as we leave here today that this word will go with you the promise that God created me and knows me so intimately the promise that he knows my days so why do I worry because if you've got my back God If you're running with me in battle, God, why do I worry? He gives us peace without understanding. We don't need to comprehend it, but He gives us peace. That's His supernatural gift to us. So let's take that today. Let's claim that peace as we move from this place. of time so I'm going to end the meeting there but I just invite you as you move out from this place to do so quietly there's still those that are worshipping in the moment I invite you to have conversations with each other to remind each other of the hope that is in Jesus maybe share a story about a time when God got you through over a coffee Maybe as you're sharing with your neighbours and your community this week and they're stressed out, maybe blow their mind and remind them of a time when God came through. Maybe when you see things that are concerning and worrying on the TV or in our newspapers, maybe just don't live in the hypothetical but live in the historical don't worry he says be still he says let him whisper let him be dad amen